Hey guys, welcome to the iHealth Podcast. This podcast is for you to relate to like-minded individuals discussing hot topics all related to rehab, sports, fitness, and business. Brought to you by Iron Health of Westchester, New York. We hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, thank you for joining us on the iHealth Podcast. Today we're welcomed with Ruben, uh, and he is a free agent in the NFL. So we're going to try to get a little into uh, his journey, his story. Um, it should be a really great listen. So welcome on to the podcast, Ruben. Yeah, thanks for having me, Thomas. Yeah, so how how did you get to uh, where you are now? Like, what was your journey? How did it look um, going from, like, when you started football, how young were you, and uh, how long did it take you to get to where you are now? Yeah, so um... – the first time I played, I was in first grade at like an after school daycare thing. Um, we'd, you know, they'd let us go outside if it was nice out, and a bunch of the older kids were out on the playground playing football. I joined them, and I pretty much knew like right away that I was like, I want to do this. You know, I just really liked it. It clicked. Um, you know, I was always like, you know, big for my age and moved pretty well. So like I had the tools to be successful at it. And it kind of like, I fixated on it at a young age. Um, and, um, you know, played all the way through high school. Um, I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana. So I went to Snyder. Um, you know, we went to state, we were state runners up my senior year. Um, had some uh, like preferred walk-ons offers and, um, uh, some like one double A offers, but nothing that I really uh, felt confident in. I'm kind of a cautious person and um, kind of like like to weigh things out before like jumping onto like something like a, you know, a commitment to play somewhere. Um, and I was kind of drawn to University of Indianapolis. I really liked their coaching staff. Um, it was close to home, so I could still be around for my dad and everybody. Um, so end up going there, you know, had had a lot of success there as well. End up being all American my senior year. Um, had a good pro day at IU, which got some looks from scouts on top of the film I already had from the season, uh, which landed me with uh, a tryout during the rookie mini camps, which start like right before the OTA organized team activities that all the teams have. Um, so I came in with like all the draft picks uh, down in Tampa, along with some of the free agent guys that they'd signed and other tryout guys. And um, I got signed off of that after that three day period. So that was that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So what was the first team that you were uh, signed to? So that was Tampa. Yeah, they called me okay. uh, yeah, the last day of the draft uh, back in 2018 um, and offered me that rookie mini camp tryout. Um, they're the only people I heard from, and then they signed me on for the uh, preseason after that, which, like, you, you signed the full contract, but then I ended up getting released at the preseason, but then picked back up uh, later that season. Okay, so what's it look like? Like, after you get that call and after you get signed, um, what's kind of the process of, okay, you're officially signed with the team, what's that kind of look like going forward from there? Yeah, so um, yeah, that last day of minicamp, I they brought me up to the offices. Um, the, the GM Jason, he came up to me like before that final practice and like told me I'd made it and like congratulated me and stuff. So I, I already knew um, that. Um, 
but then I, I went to the hotel and I think this was a Sunday and the OTAs, like all the vet guys reported that Monday or no, I think so. I think they actually reported the Tuesday. So we had a day off and then like pretty much went straight into meetings and everything with, with everybody. Um, and during those OTAs, it's pretty relaxed. Uh, they start from square one with the playbooks, even for the vet guys. Um, so there's, it's a lot of meetings um, and like more hands-on uh, coaching as opposed to like once you hit preseason in the season where the coaches kind of, you know, they are kind of have the, their things that they want to stick to for, you know, that specific practice or meeting. And there's not as much like individualized hope. So the OTA period was like, it's very helpful for the rookies uh, to, to learn the playbook and just like building camaraderie, camaraderie with the older guys and everything. Okay. So when you were playing um, with like Tampa, um, when you guys got to your first game, like you're going through your spring train and you get to your preseason. Uh, what is like, basically, Take me through a week uh, leading up to your game day. What What's that look like? Yeah, so uh, OTAs was like, I think we went um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if I remember right. So it was just three days a week. And then we were off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I could be wrong about that, though, because it's been a while. And then it switched once Arians got there the following year. Um, okay. But then, um, like a regular uh, week, like once we were in like preseason, regular season, um, come in Mondays for recovery, watch film, um, get a workout in, uh, no practice. Uh, Tuesdays we were off, that was our recovery day. But like most guys would still be up there, you know, stretching, watching film together and just doing, you know, whatever their day to day is everyone kind of has their own rituals you know um mm -hmm. and then wednesday thursday we were going full bore so those were pretty much always full pads they kind of taper off towards the back end of the season because teams only have like x amount of full padded practices uh with the new uh nflpa uh relations um so sometimes we'd be in like pro pads or whatever you shells whatever you want to call it when you got like your shoulder pads on, but then just shorts instead of the pants and pads. Um, but yeah, so Wednesdays and Thursdays were always work days. Fridays were more of a walkthrough and like situational stuff that might come up during the game. So like having to, you know, clocks running at the end of the game and have to like run a play, then get the field goal unit out, all the, you know, really obscure situa situational things that you don't really think about, but still need to be ready for. Um, and then, uh, Saturdays, you know, travel if we need to, um, and if not, we go up in the morning for like a meeting and then, um, everyone would check in to the team hotel that afternoon or evening ish, you know, and, um, have meetings again. And then, um, they keep us in the team hotel just to, you know, make sure there's no, you know, nothing crazy happened to anybody getting in trouble or hurt or you know whatever so they just keep us all in the hotel um and then Sunday was game time you know so did you have any rituals um like on game day did you have a specific like thing that you ate or specific place that you used to go to or uh do uh 
on game day, like right before your game? Yeah, there is this little sandwich spot I'd usually go to. I never would want to eat anything too heavy. Um, but I would always go to – there was this one specific one in Tampa I, I've forgotten the name of, but I'd either go there like McAllister's. It was, you know, like a deli-ish. Uh, yeah. Um, and then we'd always – would have a team meal um, – you know, like four or five hours before the game. Um, but I usually want to eat that because it'd be like pasta and steak and stuff. I might grab a little something, but I can never really play with something too heavy in my stomach. Yeah. Um, and I always like to get to the locker room early uh, before games and like before for practice or anything just to get myself kind of locked in um, and, you know, throw my music on, um, you know, get taped up, do all my stretches and stuff out in the field. Um, nothing too crazy as far as rituals go, though, you know, just kind of knowing my body and what I need to do, you know, to <laughs> you know, the way I need to. Be ready to be able to get out there. So yeah. what was your, like, first, because I know for me, like, if I, if I was playing on a level like that, um, as you know, like, I enjoyed playing rugby uh, with my friends in college. So, like, for me, my, like, my dream would be to be able to be an all blacks player and be able to walk out in New Zealand on that field. What, what's the feeling when you get to the NFL and you walk out on that field in front of thousands of fans for your first day? What's that like? Yeah, it's, um, it's hard to explain, you know, cause, cause there is so much going on and like, you know, playing at UND, we had, you know, a nice fan base for division two, but you know, still it's nothing like having, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Um, so, you know, it, there's, you know, a lot of excitement, um, you know, uh, a lot of lights, you know, very loud, you know, away games were always a little, um, you know, a little much at first, but um, you get used to it after a while and then, you know, you're able to block out the noise and just focus on what you got to do. But, um, That's cool. It was definitely a great uh, feeling. I remember specifically um, when I first showed up for that tryout and um, getting on that bus uh, to go over to the facilities for the first time, because um, I'd only been to like one uh, professional football game up until like I, I got there. I was never a huge, I guess, fan, even though I love playing. Um, but I remember like driving past the stadium and like just, I just had, you know, this overwhelming feeling, just like happiness and, um, <laughs> You know, I guess fulfillment because I was, like I said, a goal since I was like, you know, seven, eight years old. Um, so, and I always still would kind of get that feeling. Um, it's like you're a kid again every time you actually hit the field, you know. Yeah. So, you get out on the field and it's your first day. Um, it, on your first game day, did you see a lot of play or um, – was it a lot more did you have specific people on your first day that you were trying to watch on like how they played um because i'm sure it's obviously probably a lot different on how hard you guys go or um kind of like technique wise that you guys utilize uh between college and pro so wh what's that kind of look like for you yeah yeah you never want to think too much um about like who you're going up against and stuff. Obviously, you study them. Um, you know, you, you learn their moves and stuff like that. But, you know, if you worry too much, um, you know, you're just going to trip yourself up. So I always 
you kind of trust in my preparation. Um, I did always um, come to Ali Marpet. He's the still the starting left guard down in Tampa. Um, really smart dude. He's a Division three guy, um, so he he knows the the journey too. Um, but he was just a real professional. You know the the way he prepared and then you know took care of his body and everything. Um, real smart scheme wise. Um, sometimes it sound like him and uh, Coach Hop were just speaking a different language when we were in the film room and they were talking coverages <laughs> and blitzes and stuff. I'm like, huh, <laughs> trying to keep up. Um, but he was always um, real nice and willing to to give advice, which you know not all the guys are like that. Um, so he was definitely a good person to learn from. And there was a lot, you know, Tampa had a lot of good guys. Um, down there, I'm not, you know, trying to speak bad about any of them, but you know, just everyone has their own way about going things. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, being a um, being on the offense part of the uh, offensive tackle, what, like that position, obviously, you're taking a lot of hits, um, and obviously, one of your biggest primary goals is to obviously block. So what kind of injuries did you see and did you have any injuries that felt like setbacks for you and kind of what was your process trying to get um, through and over those? Yeah, I, um, I've been fortunate to not have anything too big, you know, where I've missed, you know, multiple weeks at a time. Um, strained my PCL in college, uh, had a bad uh, sprained wrist. Um, my second year in Tampa during preseason, I had a uh, abdominal tear. I guess it was oblique, but like you know, midsection um, in your core. Which uh, when you're an old lineman um, and have to brace every play, you know, against another you know, 290 plus pound man without you know your full core strength, it uh, it definitely does you know hinder you um, on the field and even off the field at first because it felt like I got stabbed or something. Like it hurt every time I like <laughs> sailed, like. Because I'd never had a like an ab injury like that before, mm-hmm. so it definitely made me um, kind of like reflect. Because you know some injuries are, you know, just kind of freak things. But this, it was on like such a routine play. I just kind of outstretched a little bit. So mm-hmm. kind of wonder like was my preparation really the best? Like heading into that season, stuff like that. Um, not to dwell on, but just you know in the future how I could prevent stuff like that. That's interesting. So did you, so do they have um, specific athletic trainers that you went to um, after your injury um, to go to them or did they uh, send you to like a physical therapist or something to be able to try to help you uh, get through that? Yeah. So that was the the real nice thing about being, you know, on the professional teams, especially coming from D2 made me real, uh, grateful for everything they just would have like at our facility. So they had a full staffed, um, you know, training room with like a physical therapy section, um, physical, physical therapists that were always in there, you know, like whenever, you know, pretty much every day, there'd be at least one or two in there along with like the full staff, you know, athletic trainers and the interns they had. Um, so, um, yeah, most of my recovery was just done at our facilities. I went for an MRI locally, but everything else as as far as like the treatment was all done at our facilities. And I only end up missing a week really from that. Wow. 
That that's insane. So obviously injuries in the NFL, they can either be weeks and months or they could just be one or two games. Um, as you mentioned, it was only about a week that you were out for your injury. Do you feel like because of the um, equipment that you're able to have in the NFL um, on the pro teams between the staff and everything, do you think that that's a big reason for faster recovery in the NFL? I think so. And they're, um, they're very pro, you know, they make sure that you're up there for your treatment times and um, they definitely, you know, they have, um, you know, every team to an extent has, you know, they're, you know, they'll write you out an individualized plan for whatever your injury is. Um, but I just say just like the number of trainers and stuff they had in there definitely helped. Cause like, you know, it was never like a challenge to have like two or three guys aiding you, you know, and like, kind of guiding you through your your recovery um so that, that was always really nice to have and I, I definitely would say that you know definitely better off than just dealing with that on my own or um you know going just like you know ice and you know just trying to like power through it yeah so do they still do like ice baths and stuff or um do they try to go like if you feel fatigued or if you feel like uh some of your muscles are a little achy do they have uh, like cryotherapy, for example, that's a big one that I enjoy. Um, and like cupping and stuff, do they d utilize a lot of stuff like that? Oh yeah, it was, it was all you know, day of the art stuff. They had those cryo chambers in the back. They had uh, one big hot tub, one really big cold tub, one of those like underwater, like big treadmill pools that you could do like, a, you know, you're running in if you have like a knee injury or something where it's like, you know, not stress on the, on the joint, but you could still get cardio in. Um, so, you know, they, you know, they have the cupping, um, all types of, you know, things I'd never even heard of for treatment. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most unique uh, treatment that you personally were able to be introduced to uh, while being part of uh, the Bucks? There's this one machine. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Um, I can't think of the name of it, but it pretty much just sent like micro vibrations into like it could like do like a specific area on the body. So like when I had my oblique injury, they'd like put this little like wand thing. So it almost looked like an ultrasound wand or something, mm -hmm. but it but it sent out these like micro vibrations really fast to break up scar tissue. And that sucker hurts so bad, but I was <laughs> after it, but it felt like I was just getting like stabbed repeatedly um, in that spot. But like, that's a good, because you feel it somewhere else and you wouldn't feel anything at all, you know, but then as soon as it went to where that scar tissue was, it just started tearing it up right away. And I never had anything like that before. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Um, I think we actually, I think we had something similar to that. I doubt that it was the same um, in high school. Um, I remember in our athletic trainer's office, we had something that was, it literally just what you described, it looked like an ultrasound machine, um, but I never actually ended up using it. So uh, that that's interesting, like the different things that you don't know as like just an everyday person. And then all of a sudden you get to, all this state-of-the-art equipment and you're it, it almost feels like Christmas I feel like when you get to walk in and you see all that stuff 
Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. And like, and I, I, I was so grateful, you know, at UND for the art because for D two, they definitely had some state of the art stuff. You know, whenever we moved to, to other places, staying in like little sheds and stuff to to change in and stuff, definitely always made me grateful. But definitely not on the level of you know the when I was down in Tampa or when I was over in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. So being in Buffalo, uh, what was that like? So as you know, we're based out of uh, uh, Westchester County in New York. Um, okay. So Buffalo is about three, four hours, uh, if not a little bit longer north. So was it different training? Because obviously in Tampa, it's a lot warmer of a climate. And obviously in Buffalo, you're a lot, lot cooler uh, even during the summer. So what was that like? Yeah, I remember the, the first day I was out there, all the, the guys were talking about how hot it was. I'm like, man, it ain't hot out here. Like, <laughs> I, them, but I was just thinking it was probably like, it might have been like 82 or something, but that humidity just hits so different down in Tampa. Like you're sweating two seconds after walking outside, you know, the palms are all moist and stuff just from like literally taking a step outside. Um, and then, you know, every coaching staff and, you know, st faculty has their own way of going about things um so um i definitely felt a little out of place but i think that was more me internalizing things and like the reality of it just since i'd just gotten reno released from tampa and that was the fir first time that ever really happened to me um i was in a new place you know so it was i'd say it was more the mental stuff than the reality of it yeah so when you went out for like uh practice and stuff though up in like Buffalo, did it feel easier since you were used to practicing, say, in 95 to 100 degree heat with high humidity in Tampa compared to, say, 80, 85 um, with a lot lower of the humidity up in Buffalo? Did it feel easier for you to get through practice? I'd say so. Um, and we had Juan Casillo as our own line coach in Buffalo, and he's he's a real, like, physical guy as far as, like, our individual periods. Like, we were hitting... Mm -hmm. Know, most of that time um which that's always going to make you know practice harder um but but i did feel like hadn't been down in florida um and not being affected by the heat you know like like they were definitely helped me out that's cool so life as an nfl player so you obviously make it into the pros um and there's a few people now on social media, uh, Chris Gronkowski, he's been going on um, and kind of sharing a lot of his story as well about uh, what it was like getting drafted into the NFL um, and what it was like getting picked up by a team between recovery practices. Um, what, what was it like being on the Bucks for say your first season? What, what did that feel like? What was your, full year um like even off season did you have a huge change did it feel like a huge change to your personal life um from what you were used to um i guess my question is what what's your typical year in the life of an nfl player look like it, I, it honestly felt pretty similar just being a student athlete you know but instead of um, different classes you're just in football 101 you know but you, you're still in meetings for like you know four or five hours out of the day which that's about equates going to class and then we'd have practice afterwards so like honestly like not a whole lot changed um, you know obviously having the extra money was nice gave me a little more freedom but at the same time I've never really 
um, been like the most outgoing as far as like traveling and, um, you know, doing new stuff. I'm kind of a creature of habit. Um, so really not much change for me um, personally, but um, just the location, I guess. So I know um, when you and I were kind of chatting a little bit um, before our podcast, um, you said that you felt like you had made a few more don'ts than you did dues uh, while you were in the NFL for your first few seasons. Um, do you care to go through some of those and kind of explain what some of those don'ts uh, were and why you felt like, uh, what led you to some of those or um, and some of the pros that you also had as well? Yeah, um, you know, most of it all kind of just comes to when you get yourself out of that routine and, um, kind of like letting that internal dialogues, you know, speak up like, hey, I don't really feel like studying right now. Maybe I'll just go, you know, play some video games instead or, you know, go over to the bar. Cause I, my apartment was probably like a two minute walk from um, the Soho area in Tampa, which is okay. probably about the equivalent to like a broad ripple in Indy where it's like a okay. bars and restaurants and, you know, you fun area to, to pass the time. Um, so a lot of it just came down to time management. Um, I uh, I kind of struggled. So I've always like, you know, smoked a little weed and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and um, when you're playing an NFL, you get tested once um, for, you know, street drugs. And once you pass that, you don't get tested again until uh, the next year. It's always between like April 20th, ironically enough, 420 <laughs> and like, uh, <laughs> I think sometime in August or something like that. So pretty much okay. between OTAs and preseason, you're you're gonna get tested once at least. Um, but as long as you pass that, you're good. So like, you know, once I passed that test my rookie year, I was, you know, whenever I get home, I'd be hitting the pen, you know, and that in itself, um, you know, I, I don't have anything against marijuana. It's just keeping that balance, you know, and yeah. the time used for things. So if you begin to live too impulsively, which I tend to, you know, it's usually not uh, an if, it's a when, you know, however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. So, like, I guess, um, I'm trying to think I word this better, <laughs> but. Um, Basically, like, trying to keep yourself uh, grounded. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it just becomes real easy. Because it's, you know, you still are, it's just like any other job, you kind of get into, um, the grind, you know, you wake up at the same time every day, you go do the same thing every day um, and stuff like that. So it can be easy to, you know, kind of just become a passenger, you know, cause you are doing all the same stuff. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd go home, I'd hit the pen, I'd, I might study or, you know, I might neglect studying and watch a bunch of TV or, you know, do a bunch of procrastinating. And then the next day, I'm. Um, uh, you know, I'm missing blitz assignments and stuff during during our past period, and it's like, well, shit. Sorry, excuse my language, but it's like, you know, I probably should have been, um, uh, you know, preparing a little better. Yeah. So, um, I'd say definitely my lack of pre preparation um, hurt me more times than not, and not being able to, I guess, have the balance when I was mm. away from the facilities. That was great, you know, when I was up there. Um, that zone out means a little bit, but still, you know, I was. I was present and, you know, I was 
doing well for the most part in practice, but I'd still would probably consistently have at least one missed assignment every practice, which yeah. that level can happen because we, you know, a bunch of other guys chopping at the bit that are, you know, just as good as you. Um, yeah. In your spot. So like, you know, the coaches don't, you know, they don't tolerate stuff like that, you know, and um, so. It, it, it's like that higher standard that you're held to. Um, but at the same time, it's, you're getting in that kind of habit of like, this is my routine. And then it's easy to kind of fall off on that. I, I definitely understand that. So um, did you have any specific players say on whether it was on the Bucks or on uh, the Bills, did you have any other O-linemen that you looked up to um, even before you got to the NFL? Um, and did you build any relationships with some of those guys that you looked up to while you were with uh, either of those teams? Yeah, so um, I've always, you know, had an O-lineman that I've admired. Um, and I, I always liked, like I said, Ali Marpet's story because he was a, a Division three guy who ended up being a second-round draft pick, which, you know, you never hear about stuff like that, you know, maybe every once in a while. Um, but um, so I definitely um, wanted to learn as much as I could from him. Um, and then Ryan Jensen, he was a D2 guy, uh, went to Colorado Pueblo, who we played in the playoffs my sophomore year at UND. He was already gone by then, but um, – He's another, um, and he was a center down there, another really smart guy, you know, real professional. Um, and what I really liked about the O-line in Tampa, um, which was different from the guys in Buffalo, was it, you could feel kind of the, the camaraderie and the brotherhood that they had, um, not only at the facilities, but also like when we were away, like we had like a group chat and we do, uh, at least once a week, we'd all get together for uh, for like our O-line meal. Um, and then um, for the holidays, Jensen would always have us over to his house, like Thanksgiving, cause like we kind of go home, Christmas kind of go home. So um, he'd have us over and we did like, a, you know, gift exchange and stuff like that. Um, and, um, you know, not to say that the guys in Buffalo didn't like each other, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure they, yeah. you know, but it was, you know, it seemed there was like more groups than like the, consensus or you know however you want to look at it um but there you know wherever you go there's you know a lot of guys you can learn from uh Jameis he he'd helped me a lot with the scheme stuff when I was in Tampa he'd sit with me at lunch and like go over the the plays and like anything I might have messed up during the walkthrough with me um you know uh but a, a lot of them you just would have to approach to ask which I've never been good at so I could have picked a lot of their brains a lot more I'm just not the most talkative person um so yeah I kind of trailed off but um I do have like a role models in league though like I said I always liked watching Joe Thomas um who else a bunch of those Packers guys back when they had that stacked O line um yeah uh, Baltimore always had some real good guys you know Marshall Yonda um, college J. Assembly, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys who you watch, you can watch them on film and it's just all, you mm -hmm. know, textbook stuff like every time. So something that I've noticed, um, and I'm sure a few other of our listeners have noticed uh, when they watch the NFL 
Um, it's occasionally at the end of the game, uh, players from opposing teams, they'll trade jerseys. Did you ever trade a jersey? Did you ever see a trade? Um, and what's kind of the history and the story behind trading a jersey with another player? Yeah, so um, I don't really know how it started, and I never did. But I, I saw, you know, a lot of guys do that. Um, it was mostly guys that they played with in college. So I'm sure it's just kind of like, a, you know, we made it thing um, mm -hmm. more than anything. Um, yeah. You know, I definitely understood. I just, you know, I didn't, you know, didn't have too strong of bonds with people on other teams. I'm sure eventually I would have, um, you know, as you float around the different teams and stuff like that, you meet a lot of people. Um, yeah. So, um, Reese uh, from UND, did you, because I know he was with uh, the Tennessee Titans, did you ever end up playing against him when he was with them? So not when he was with the Titans, but um, my, and was that 2019, he was with uh, the Dolphins for a little, and we actually had our crossover um, during uh, preseason, so they came Tampa for the week and practiced against us and then we played them um and uh that unfortunately was the week that I was out with the oblique stuff so I had to uh you know I wasn't able to participate that week but it was still it was really good seeing them um and everything did it feel weird um kind of like a different feeling not seeing him necessarily on the same team or even at the same level but like did you kind of have that like additional feeling of hey we made it we're on this level when you saw him no yeah exactly and yeah, and we took a picture and uh, you sent it to the to the staff at UND and you know, they all loved it but but it really is especially you know coming from one of the smaller divisions in college it's just hard because you know it's such a saturated sport there's a lot, a lot of players you know and only so many spots you know there's only 32 teams with you know 55 guys on each team so um you know, even, you know, for any amount of time, just, you know, being able to be a part of that is something special. You know? And especially yeah. you know, someone who, you know, had a similar path to yours. So I'm, I don't want to go ahead and uh, assume, but from what I'm getting, it sounds like um, I kind of know the answer to this question, but is it safe to say that so far out of the franchises you've been with that your favorite one was uh, Tampa Bay? Yeah, for sure. And, and like I said, so I, I've always had, you know, some anxiety and, you know, depression stuff, you know, all of us deal with it, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter if people want to talk about it or not, but um, I think that kind of stuff and just the internal dialogue and, um, you know, perception of things um, kind of altered my time in Buffalo. Cause like, you know, there was really, you know, nothing but nice guys on the team. Um, you know, nothing but nice people in the city. You know, it obviously didn't doesn't have the same aesthetic as Tampa. You know, Tampa being down in Florida with the palm trees. <laughs> with the palm trees. But I mean, you know, was, you know, I I think so. I did enjoy myself more in Tampa, but I think it was more my own bias that led me to feel that way. Just because I mm -hmm. did have whole OTA period with them, it was the first team I was on you know, and everything like that. Um, I did, like I said, though, I did feel like the O-line was maybe a little co more cohesive in Tampa. So that mm -hmm. also might have played a part in why I felt that way. 
Um, so, but yeah. So getting into kind of, obviously, as you have shown your kind of journey, um, what advice now that you've been in the NFL, what, what advice would you give, say, seven-year-old you? What advice would you go back and give yourself um, to be able to kind of help yourself get into where you are now? Um, it's it, it mostly it would just come down to keeping that balance, you know, uh, you can't get too caught up, you know, in any career or hobby, activity, you know, whatever, um, or, you know, the other parts of your life get out of whack, you know, so if what you want to do is play football, um, it's not an easy road, you know, physically, mentally, um, emotionally, you know. It's, it's a lot of stress on the body and it can be over, you know, in an instant, you know, only takes one play to, you know, really hurt yourself. It's not a safe sport. Um, so doing the right stuff, you know, on and off the field is huge. You know, the preparation when, when, when it comes to um, your opponent, studying them, um, like I said, without the, the worry, but just more like prepare, you know, so you're, you find out so you don't get found out is what a lot of coaches say, you know, so as long as you're prepared, you shouldn't have anything to worry about. Um, and, you know, when, when life does throw those, those sneak attacks that, you know, the punches that you aren't ready for, um, you know, take, uh, you don't have to go through stuff like that alone, which is something I've always tried to do because a lot of us are raised that way, you know, um, but you know, it's it's not easy. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs. Um, keeping your grades up, obviously, is huge. <laughs> so you know, you got to study and be eligible so you can even get to college to play. Um, so yeah, you know, I guess like I said, the biggest thing is just the balance. So this is kind of off topic, but uh, one of my favorite movies, and I'm actually an Eagles fan, so one of my favorite movies is the story of Vince Pauly. In that movie, uh, they were there was a part where they were teaching Vince um, that if you see the white of the knuckles, that means your guy's coming at you. And if it was red and you could see the blood, that he was prepared for you. What what kind of different things and techniques did you learn? Um, and is something similar to that, like with the knuckles, were there small things like that that you would learn to watch for when you were playing O-line? Yeah, so especially O line, since all the D linemen, they're they're also in a three point stance. So, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, you could usually tell if you pay enough attention, um, roughly what their assignment is on that play. You know, as you scan the defense, if you see two deep safeties, you know, and the DBs off a little bit, you know, you're probably gonna get some cover too. So everyone's probably just gonna play their gap. Um, you know if there's cover one, you know, and there's an extra guy in the box and someone's walked up on the line, they're probably going to slant, you know, and you could usually tell by their stance because might, they might tighten up a little bit whenever they slant or, um, you know, they might widen up when, you know, on like first down when they're, you know, expecting a run. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of little things that you can learn just from watching the film. Um, and that goes like same with the linebackers. Some some of them have tells, you know, when they're about to blitz. Um, 
So that way, like if one's like, you know, digging with the other line of scrimmage or something, you can usually tell like if he's coming or not. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you never want to read too much into that stuff or you know, I guess like, you know, think that that's for a fact what's going to happen. But um, if you have that preparation piece, you know, and you're observant enough, you can definitely help yourself out though. That's cool. So obviously with quarantine and everything, as you had mentioned, it's kind of made it tough for um, the NFL. What have you tried to do to train? Um, and has your agent had any kind of advice for you as well during quarantine to try to help um, kind of keep you going or keep you um, on your A game uh, even through this? Yeah, it, you know, definitely hasn't been easy, especially like early in the year when it was still cold out and everything was closed. It was like, dang, you know, so I was just trying to get stuff in at home. You know, I had bought some dumbbells and like a stationary bike and some other stuff like that. Um, but the most, you know, the main thing I struggled with was just the motivation piece, you know, and being able to quiet that, you know, internal dialogue down, you know, that just wants the comfort, you know, of like maybe just sitting on the couch instead of, getting your workout you know or mm. um, you know eating this junk food you know ordering a pizza and a two liter and scarfing the whole thing down because that was <laughs> I guess I didn't, didn't really talk about earlier with the don'ts but I also um, picked up some bad coping skills and like one of the things that I struggled with was like weight control so mm. like there's been points where I've been like full-on bulimic just because I felt so out of control and like um, out of whack with that part of my life. Um, so that's something that I've, you know, sought out help for now. Um, still struggle with it, you know, here and there, but, um, uh, yeah. And then as far as what my agent, um, you know, just, you know, trying the best to stay positive, you know, it was, it's hard, it was hard for all the guys that were free agents going into this year because we didn't have the OTA period, which is where, you know, all the mini camps and tryouts would happen. So you know, most teams just went with who they had, you know, teams that were still making moves, but like um, the more unproven guys you know, kind of just, you know, got caught a tough break this year. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've just been doing my best to try to stick to my routine. You know, it's, I've been real consistent this year. I also, um, I lost my dad back in January, which was definitely uh, rocked my world quite a bit. Um, so that motivation piece has definitely been the hardest part of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm sorry to hear about your dad again. Um, obviously, you're 26, right? Um, yeah, well, I'll be 26 at the end of this month. So, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, so, obviously, being in that age, um, being losing your father can be a huge struggle. Um, and as well as being in our early 20s, do you feel like the NFL kind of has excelled you in your growth as an adult? Or uh, do you feel like being in the NFL, you still kind of get a feel like you're, per se, in college, if that makes sense? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I talked about how they, you know, there was a lot of similarities earlier. Um, and I, I meant that in the, in the state that, like, you pretty much are your own boss, you know, because it's the same way in school. 
don't necessarily have to show up to class, you know, you know, there's ways, you know, you can talk yourself out of, you know, workouts and stuff like that. And no one really holds you accountable. Yeah, your grades might suffer, you know, you might get cut, but it's still up to you, you know. Um, so I say, you know, just struggling through that, you know, failing and finding success over and over again um, has definitely helped me grow quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, I'd say, you know, my time in the NFL definitely did help because we didn't have, like in, when I was at UND, we had the summer workouts um, that we all did together and they were, they weren't mandatory, but they were mandatory, you know, yeah. kind of how things go. Um, and it wasn't really the same, um, you know, on the teams because they won't have stuff really like once um, OTAs and um, they'll, they'll have the, they'll, there will, will be times where the facilities are open, um, but it's still more up to you, um, you know, to get yourself up there because no one's going to call you or anything if you aren't up there, you know, in the off season um, or anything like that. And that was something um, and at the start of last year, I, I was kind of in a low place um, when I went back to Tampa in February and um, kind of just uh, isolated, um, wasn't really getting out much and, um, you know, got, I wasn't terribly out of shape, but I, you know, I definitely gained some weight and wasn't doing things that I typically would be doing. So I kind of knew going into OTAs, I wasn't my best self and then everything kind of, uh, you know, and, and I didn't, you know, it wasn't like I was getting like my ass kicked or anything, but I know yeah. I could have been doing better, you know. Um, so I guess going off of that, what's your, what would you say your overall goal is um, with football um, or even with the NFL? What's your overall goal? Yeah. So um, that's been something I've been asking myself a lot, you know, last year around this time, I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep playing. Um, that was uh, when my dad kind of started getting really sick. He had congestive heart failure, but it was coming to kind of the, the end stages of that around this mm -hmm. time. Um, so um, I was kind of, you know, asking myself because teams were still calling and I straight up, you know, told a few uh, that I wasn't really in the right place to, to, you know, to go in because like, probably like a week or two after I got released from Tampa. Um, I had an offer to go back to Buffalo, but it just didn't feel right to me. Yeah. And I'd say like, I am glad, you know, that I, that I ended up staying just so I could be here with my dad, you know, in his final days. Um, we didn't know that at the time, but you know, that's how it ended up being. So I do think that I was supposed to be back home for all that, you know, um, and obviously, you know, I could look back and dwell like, oh, if I just would have, you know, said yes, you know, or whatever, there's, you know, all types of rationalization you can do, but there's no point, you know, now. Um, so where I'm at right now, I do want to keep playing, you know, I'd like to, um, you know, at least, you know, give it, you know, one more go, whereas, you know, trying to get on a team next year, uh, whatever the case may be, because um, going into, um July this year, there was a chance I was going to go up to Canada and play uh, for a CFL team, but then their season ended up just getting straight up postponed for mm -hmm. the 
quarantine stuff. So um, uh, I still, you know, would like, you know, I guess like one more chance to try to, you know, make a run. I, you know, because I'd, I'd like to, you know, get on team, be, you know, become a starter, you know, win a Super Bowl, you know. Um, get a uh, bigger ring than what you had in college, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think that'd be um, you know, a great thing. That's been something I've, I've always wanted since I was a kid. Um, but I also know that there's more life than football. So mm. you know, it comes back to that balance piece where I'm not, you know, I don't really feel dread if, you know, my time has passed of playing, um, you know, because there's a you know, whole lot of ways that you can uh, leave an impact on the world, you know. But I've always liked football because, like, whether you realize it or not when you're playing, you know, there's a lot of people that look up to you, um, which, like, you know, I felt that in high school, I'd always be kind of surprised where, like, a, you know, a younger kid might, you know, ask for, like, a glove or something af after a game. Um, but then I remember when I was a kid, you know, and, uh, you know, doing the same stuff, looking up to, to the guys on TV and stuff like that. Um, so it's always been nice to be a role model, um, you know, for people. And uh, football has always kind of gave me a, a platform to do that, you know? Yeah. So kind of going into um we'll kind of start wrapping it up and we can get into some open discussion um on the nfl and uh football being a former buck um what do you think of uh brady and gronkowski uh going down there to that franchise yeah i, I think you know it's it's real beneficial you know for for everyone involved you know because because you know they've always had a good team there's just been little things here and there like if you go back and look at like their past few uh records you might be like oh but then you look at the scores they're all like one two score games if not less you know so it all would just come down to like maybe one or two plays that went you know wrong just due to execution or whatever and when you bring in someone you know guys with as much experience as you know tom and gronk you know with winning um and add that to, you know, Bruce Arians and all the brilliant guys he has on his staff and all the talent that was already on the team, you know, that's that's a recipe for success. And, you know, they've been fun to watch. I know they struggle a little bit against the Saints, but, um, you know, they've, they've put on a pretty good show this year. So with that kind of being said, um, being O-line, did you have any quarterbacks uh, that were, like, say a dream um, or any quarterbacks that you looked up to and you really wanted to be able to uh, work under and um, kind of work on their line? Yeah. So um, like I said, I was never like a huge, you know, fan, I guess, growing up, but mm -hmm. there was still teams I'd like to watch. So oddly enough, I was a Jets fan for a little bit in high school, I guess, if you want to call it that, where I was just kind of watching <laughs> them. Um, and like, especially when they had Ryan Fitzpatrick, who ended up being down in Tampa with me when I was there. So it was dope to, to be able to work with him. Um, you know, another brilliant football mind. And he's also a hilarious dude. Um, he was always cracking everybody up in the meeting rooms and stuff. Um, so it was awesome working for him. Um, and then same with Jameis. I love watching him when he was at Florida State, um, that undefeated season national championship run he had. Um, 
so you know it was awesome to be able to work with him um so yeah i can't remember exactly how you phrased that question because i don't know if i answered it right or not yeah yeah basically who what what um who you looked up to and kind of what your what quarterback uh you wanted to like basically play under so i think you answered it perfect um that, that's got to be cool being able to kind of play under somebody that you grew up watching and then to be able to walk out on the field with them um i couldn't imagine kind of that feeling yeah it's it's real surreal you know you, you kind of block it out but you know in reflection you know like after a game you think about stuff like that like i remember we played jacksonville the last preseason game my senior year and Clay's Campbell wasn't playing, but I'll never forget um, him walking past me after the game because he's, you know, about 6'9", 290 pounds, massive D lineman. I'm like, yeah, I never want to have to walk like <laughs> that for a game. <laughs> um, so did you have, if there's any team that you could get signed with, um, and this is any team at all, doesn't matter players, is there a specific franchise that you would be more than like a dream to be able to uh, get signed with? Not really. Cause you know, like I said, I never really, really had like a singular team, you know, that I was like a yeah. fan growing up. Um, so that'd be like more of a, like a location answer. So like probably like somewhere out in, in Cali, you know, so maybe like for the, for the Rams, but um It'd be more for location than like the organization itself. So in Tampa, so I actually lived in uh, Clearwater after I had left UND. Uh, I think it was during your senior. Yeah, it was your guys' senior year um, that I ended up heading down to uh, Florida from UND. And I lived in Clearwater, actually. So I know Tampa pretty well. Did you ever get the chance uh, to go with the guys? From your team to uh, Burns Steakhouse. Yeah, yeah, we went to Burns, and then there's a there's another one. So we went to Ocean Prime a lot, and then there was another one. It was a it was just like a, a singular name. I keep wanting to say like Ryan's, but I know it's not Ryan's. I can't remember what it was, but there was another super nice steakhouse um, that that we went to. Um, but yeah, definitely went to Burns, and I, I think I got there. Oh, Wagyu filet when I was there, and that thing like melted in my mouth. It was the best. <laughs> Did you do the uh, tour? No, I didn't do the tour. We because I, I got there a little late, so like, they already had like a little room in the back. Um, but it, it was a, it was a dope. Uh, it was definitely a dope uh, establishment. Experience. Yeah. yeah. So some of my favorite places I actually used to go to. Uh, there's a pizza place. Um, almost in the center of downtown Tampa called uh, Sam. I think it's Sammy and Eddie's or Sam and Eddie's. Actually, it might be Eddie's and Sam's. Yep. Um, and as you know, now that I live in New York, that's still one of my kind of favorite places to go. Did you get to go there ever? Yeah. Yeah. They have the, cause they have like the big New York style pizzas, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mostly would just do carry out cause they were on like DoorDash. Um, too. So I, I mostly would just end up like ordering from there. But yeah, I, I definitely had it a few times. I, I've always loved pizza. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's there's another place downtown. Um, I can't remember what, what it was called, but it was like a 
I think it was like an old bank back in the day that they converted into um, a restaurant. And um, is it the Irish pub, the place that's closer to uh, like Amelia um, Arena. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Actually, I, I think I, it's English. I can't remember. Yeah. But um, it was really cool. And like we sat in like this little back room and it was like where like the vault was. So like they had like the vault open. That was like where they had <laughs> all like their wine and stuff. So it was just like a really cool uh, atmosphere. So would you say like playing in the NFL when you guys would go out to eat, did, did you guys feel like you had to be more low key? Um, did you feel like you got attention um, by some of the people in Tampa or uh, do you feel like you could kind of sneak around pretty well? Um, I could sneak around you know, pretty well because no one knew who I was really. Um, but like a, a lot of the guys definitely tried to keep more low profiles when they were out. Um, like whenever like Mike or Jameis would show, because like a lot of times some of the other guys would show up to our dinners um, just because like someone else would invite them, you know, which, you know, we never complained. But um you know, you can always just kind of tell they're, you know, they're dressed in like something real, you know, like basic looking, you know, not trying to <laughs> or anything, which I, you know, definitely understand. I'm sure it probably would get old being recognized everywhere you want. <laughs> but yeah. people could usually like deduce that we were football players, though, when like eight, you know, big six four, six five, dot was six nine, you know, 300 some pound men show up at the same time to eat somewhere. <laughs> figure out who we were pretty quick regardless <laughs> so to kind of wrap it and bring it to a whole um where do you see yourself in five years um you know in five years um kind of hard to say you know um i don't know if my body has the ability to keep playing football that long you know even if i did get another chance but, um, you know, hopefully um, wherever I'm at, I'll be happy, <laughs> you know, and find fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So um, I definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, and where could people kind of learn more about you? Um, and what's your general uh, platform, uh, if you use any social media that you typically would like to share with any of your fans? Yeah, I'm not super active on any social media, but I have um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and you could probably just find me by searching for my name. Um, you know, I play a lot of video games, so, you know, if anyone ever wants to, um, you know, I can put my gamer tag and stuff out there. Um, so, um, but yeah, you know, you can find me. I think the handle or whatever is like, just like Ruben Hulk or something like that. But it's, if you search my name, I'm sure you can find me pretty easily. Awesome. Thank you again for uh, coming on, Ruben. Um, and uh, that is the end of today's episode, guys. Thank you for coming out and uh, being on our podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, brother. Wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today and listening to the iHealth Podcast. Visit us at ironhealth.co for resources and more information. Also find us on Facebook and Instagram at ironhealth.co. Co. Keep moving and stay healthy.